Hello and welcome to the Balanced Wealth Podcast. My name is Gavin DeStasi and today we're going to talk about a specific tax planning strategy for clients whose companies provide them with company stock or stock options. Many years back as our business was just starting to grow substantially and we began to have more and more folks coming our way who worked in Silicon Valley or in the tech sector in general, we started to notice that many of these clients had a couple of things in common. One, they were being granted large quantities of stock options in the companies they worked for. And two, they were totally unfamiliar with one of the most potent tax strategies available to them when granted these options, the 83B election. We ended up writing a blog article about it and continue to discuss it with clients and prospects anytime the situation comes up. The problem is that in far too many cases, because of the rules for taking the 83B election, by the time someone comes to us or any financial advisor or tax advisor, it's too late and this powerful tax saving tool is no longer available to them. And in many, many cases, it ends up being quite a costly opportunity gone by. I had a conversation with a friend recently who works for a tech startup and has been granted a large quantity of stock options with more to come. And even though they had a whole workplace seminar just dealing with their options for their options, he had never even heard of the 83B election. This is not an unsavvy guy and someone who I would consider pretty well on top of his financial picture in general. In light of that conversation, I thought it was probably a good idea to revisit this topic in a podcast episode. So what is the 83B election? Let's start with the fact that when a founder or employee of a company, particularly a startup company, is granted stock or options, those shares are very often restricted and subject to a vesting schedule. The reasons for this are many, but it can create a tax problem for them if not handled correctly. And in many cases, the value of that stock is very low or even worthless at the time it is granted, but by the time it vests, may have gained considerable value. At that point, the difference between the original grant price or exercise price for an option and the fair market value at vesting needs to be reported to the IRS's income. However, if the client decides to make a Section 83B election, which is essentially just a letter one writes to the IRS, They can let them know they'd like to be taxed on their equity, such as shares of restricted stock, on the date the equity was granted to them rather than on the date the equity vests. This has two positive consequences. First, as mentioned previously, the value at the time of the grant is often quite low, or the exercise price and the fair market value of an option may be equal, so the tax burden can be insignificant. Second, once the 83B election is made, the clock starts on the one-year holding period for capital gains rates, which means that when the shares do vest and are liquidated, any increase in value will most likely be taxed at capital gains rates rather than ordinary income tax rates. The effect of the 83B election can result in substantial tax savings in certain situations, but the problem is the election must be made within 30 days of the stock being granted, which is why it's so important to seek advice quickly when faced with this scenario. I'll give you an example to highlight the point. Let's say Ted is a software engineer at an early stage biotech company where he's been working for the past three years. As part of his contract, he's granted 50,000 shares with an exercise price of 50 cents per share spread over a four year vesting schedule. During the next three years as shares vested and the fair market value of the stock went up, Ted exercised half of his shares, 25,000, at an average price of $3 per share. So he ended up paying $12,500 to exercise the shares and $27,500 in ordinary income tax, assuming 35% federal and 9% state, for a total cost of $40,000. 
In the fourth year, the company completed a round of funding in anticipation of going public, and shares were valued at $16 a share. That means when vested, the remaining 25,000 shares will cost Ted $12,500 to exercise and roughly $170,500 in ordinary income tax. Remember, that's paid on the difference between the exercise price of 50 cents and the fair market value of $16 per share for a total of $183,000. What's important here is that this brings the total cost of exercising all of his 50,000 shares to $223,000. If, however, Ted had made the 83B election at the time the shares were granted, he would have paid no income tax since the exercise price and the fair market value of the shares were the same at that point and would eventually have paid the $25,000 cost to exercise all 50,000 shares at 50 cents a share. Now, let's assume the company does go public in 18 months as planned, and after the IPO, it's trading at $24 a share. In the first scenario, without having made the 83B election, if Ted wants to cash out all of his shares, which will have all vested by then, he'll pay $126,000 in taxes on the first 25,000 shares, that's capital gains rates on the difference between $24 sale price and the $3 average share value at exercise. And he'll pay $48,000 in taxes on the remaining 25,000 shares. That's capital gains rates on the difference between the $24 share price and the $16 share value at exercise for a total of $174,000. Add that to the original sorry, $223,000 cost of exercising the shares, and he's looking at a total cost of $397,000. Since the total proceeds of the sale, that's the whole 50,000 shares at $24 a share is 1.2 million, here's the number that matters. Ted will realize a net of $803,000. In contrast, let's look at the results if he had made the 83B election. At the time of the sale, Ted would have to pay 282,000 in taxes, that's capital gains rates on the difference between 24 sale price and the 50 cents per share at the time of the election. Add that to the original $25,000 cost to exercise all shares, and he incurs a total cost of $307,000. Subtract that from the total sale proceeds of $1.2 million, and Ted would have realized a net of $893,000. The upshot? Ted would have saved approximately $90,000 in taxes by making the 83B election. Obviously, in this example, the right choice was to make the election and save a substantial amount in taxes. And we can always point out a scenario in which that would have been the right thing to do. But are, are there any scenarios in which it could have gone wrong? What if the company doesn't go public or worse, folds? At that point, Ted would certainly be out the $25,000 it cost to exercise all of his shares. However, even if the company folded, he would still be much better off having made the 83B election because without it, he would also be out the $198,000 he paid in ordinary income tax along the way by exercising shares as they vested. Of course, there are situations in which the 83B election can go wrong. Often this can occur when an employee is with a more mature company and the shares granted have a significant value already. Because a client making the election is essentially betting that the value of the company will continue to go up, and since exercising the options of a more mature company can carry a significant upfront cost, the risk of losing that bet in the event the company does go down in value becomes more significant. Using the 83B election can be a powerful tool in the right situations. But the key takeaway for today's podcast is that clients who are granted stock or options need to seek professional advice on both the financial planning and the tax planning sides as early as possible 
to ensure they can take advantage of whatever strategies are available to them in a timely manner.